Hello, and welcome to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. Uh, today's topic is actually going to be Starship Troopers. The fucking podcast we tried to record for three weeks. It's almost going on a month now that Jesus. we've been trying to do this. But, uh, it's cursed. I feel uh, like I've been here every week for three weeks trying to record this. <laughs> so playing Overwatch. Before, living in the basement. <laughs> so before we get started on uh, some more contemporary topics, uh, who's here tonight? Uh... Mark, Matt, Eric. I'm whoever directed this movie. Andrew Miller, <laughs> Paul, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, Andrew Paul, Paul Verhoeven. Paul, Paul, Andrew Paul W S Verhoeven. <laughs> w S Verhoeven. Throwing it back. Dutch bastard. <laughs> and Jason. Jason, oh, and yeah. of course uh, Colin Powell. Colin Powell. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Bowen. <laughs> Colin Firth Powell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, does, it, does anybody have any uh, anything they like to bring up? Like uh, news? News-wise? Beep, 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 I don't want to call it the news, because this is probably beep, going beep, up in my head. Let's just I, news. Usually 12 people do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> bring the whole orchestra. <laughs> Not, anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. We agreed to all just let you do the BBB. Well, you're gonna have to triple up on the beats um, for me. It's gonna be the cold open, just Miller going beep beep beep. <laughs> no, it's from around the living room. <laughs> but you have to include the like normally twelve people are doing this. Yeah, that's the cold open. <laughs> I, I thought we were doing a thing. So what topics you got for us, Colin? Oh, uh, well, what just dropped? Uh, the new Rogue One trailer. Yeah, buddy, uh, watch that this afternoon. Yeah, no, it was actually fucking awesome. Probably the best trailer they released yet. Um, I feel like I have a bigger grasp on the story without knowing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my favorite part was everyone talking the whole time. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Nobody talked during Tusk. No, no, but they actually showed uh, Mads Mikkelsen in this trailer. Now, what I think is interesting is, um, and I'm not really sure their timeline in terms of releasing like trailers or promotional content up until the movie actually comes out, but for me... You know, this trailer, and at this point, at time of recording, I watched it about 15 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. To me, this one, I know there's a lot of controversy around this movie because of the reshoots and because, you know, the corporate Disney executives kind of went back and said, like, ah, we don't know how I feel about, you know, the more kind of serious tone that this one's trying to take. That, to me, the, the, the trailer that was just released today seems like the most indicative of, like, that... Um, I guess early direction that they said they were going to take the movie. Yeah. To me, watching yeah. that, that yeah. seems very kind of serious yeah. and you know, what? I mean, dark. They, I mean, there are, to an extent for a Star Wars movie, there are certain uh, lines in there, certain certain bits of dialogue from uh, what's your name who plays uh, Jin Urso, whatever her name is. The uh, the main female protagonist. She. Uh, I'm terrible. With there 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 are some like you know over the top lines that she says. Which something tells me like those are the ones they added in about like hope. Well, she was, a a about being she was giving a rallying speech. That's that's tough too because they did the classic trailer thing where they took those lines and they're like, let's edit it so that people cheering in a different scene look like they're cheering. Right, right, right. right. Like no, it's exa exactly. As if they're making like a fan when really like she's gonna give that speech and I can see Diego Luna just being like. Yeah, all right. This part of the All together, though, it definitely feels. <laughs> so, have you ever watched a movie with Diego Luna before? Because he doesn't sound like. That. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna 
say Ain't no ever. hope here, partner. He's actually, he's, he's actually I'm Diego Luna. <laughs> he's actually a very soft spoken Mexican actor. <laughs> Ain't no hope around here, Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's, he's, Mark, he's, you can edit that out, right? Collins. That's soft racism. No, no. no. <laughs> That's the real cold open. I've had eight beers. <laughs> Literally, I definitely think that um, having, you know, I've seen the trailers as they've come out. But now watching this one, it, it, I'm actually intrigued. I think I'm more excited about the movie after trailer. watching this trailer than I was even seeing the previous ones. Because this one, to me, they showed a lot more, I think, of kind of... You get a vibe for the tone of the movie. So even if they did do reshoots and they added stuff in, I would hope that the overarching like feel of the movie is kind of what they showed us in that trailer. See, the only, yeah. the only th- I, I like the way it's shot. It looks really good. The only it thing I will say really that I didn't like is um, this is the first bit that we've seen that's actually been... The score has been composed by... Uh, Watch what uh, you say. Giochino. Okay. I love Giacchino. No, he's great, but I think the other guy was taking bigger risks. The 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 score seemed better. It 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 was like grander. Whereas with uh, Giacchino, he just he just landed the job. The other guy they kind of canned because of like scheduling issues, and they brought in Giacchino, which is the perfect choice for. Is that it. his whole last name? Is it the other guy? The other guy, yeah. Or I I, I don't know the other guy. guy. But Giacchino just not. landed the job, and I. I would have liked to have seen more out of that trailer in yeah. terms of score. Because, I mean, that's kind of the new thing is give a, a big rousing song. But I feel like they were trying to get away from that. This trailer seemed to want to diverge from your standard, this is a Star Wars film, we need to build it up and we need to have it feel a certain way. Did, it had a different connotation did to you everything watch, about it. Did you watch the second trailer for episode seven? There's like a trailer. There's a first trailer. I have not watched these. For episode seven. They, I know. The one that has already been. I, I have always. The, sc- most, the score. No. The score in that trailer alone. <laughs> like, I looked for it in the movie. I didn't find it. Looked for it in the soundtrack. Couldn't find it. He wrote the score specifically for that trailer. And it was the best thing John, William, John Williams has ever written. I, I swear to God. Watch the second trailer for episode seven. Yeah, I actually. I it's Colin said it, so it's true. <laughs> Thank you. I wish more people thought like that. Big Big Collins got a great taste in music. Big Big Collins. <laughs> I do have a great big, taste in music. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah. So that's the new Rogue, the new Rogue One trailer. Trailer hard. two, and that's not the teaser or trailer one. Don't get confused there. It's trailer two. I know it's easy to get confused with your tiny tiny brains. Trailer two. <laughs> The trailer They're two. trying I'll to expand that. their okay. minds by you listening to the sci-fi pod class. <laughs> you don't want to just go for I'm the middleman or I'm the odd man out. <laughs> to be fair That's though, you're he's the one who does the editing, so he can just cut anything he wants. Basically, out. he's just got a uh, Sumatricus and all saying, "Oh, you're right." At some point during the podcast, <laughs> before us, you can edit the two together. I just okay. So I just finished the audiobook for. Um, Twilight Company, and oh, it was so good. Is that canon? Uh, I believe it was. Did that come canon out? twenty years? Did that ago. come out before uh, the canon wipe? What? No, it came out after. That came out coinciding with uh, the Battlefront game that came out with awesome. last year. Okay. Yeah. So 
that was great seeing uh seeing the war from like a gritty ground perspective after seeing it from such like a space opera um higher tier kind of setting where everyone who's everyone's just talking to like the commanders of the entire rebel fleet all the time all of a sudden you're on the ground you're just like a random battalion that's in the middle of the war you know yeah and it was cool seeing like the gritty man-to-man side of the war uh and that was what this trailer made me feel you saw them like running right under the feet of ATATs, and like you know fighting atsts in the streets with grenades and stuff oh it was great man to man Man to man. I agree. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> oh man, start to introduce yourself as Mark Man to Man Butker. Man to Man Butker. Mark Man to Man Butker. That's not good in the No, yeah, that's actually a good book. If you get a chance to read Twilight Company, I highly Twilight recommend Princess. it. Twilight Princess. Sure. <laughs> and I think. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Mark's biography. Man to man, the Mark Butker story. (laughs) Um, In other news, uh, New York Comic Con just wrapped up, and there was actually a panel for The Expanse. How'd that go? Amazing. Apparently, it just came out that they're not (laughs) they're not going in uh, order with the books with the the show. They're actually jumping ahead to like parts of book five Uh, coming into season two. And that's and no. I've, after reading the books, that makes complete sense. You could literally go from book three to five, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Is it like non chronological how the books? No, it's chronological, or? but there's like events that happen. You were just like, that was interesting, but you could literally just take all of that out, and you would not notice any difference. Remove happening. book four. I mean, there are characters in book two that are in season one of the show yeah. that are they're, seamlessly put in there. They're jumping around, but this makes a lot more sense, is because. Unfortunately, they really don't start to develop these characters heavily until book five. I don't know why they waited so long. But now, they're, See, they're smart enough to just to bring fair, that in early on. Books, books two and three were just pop-up book versions of <laughs> book one. <laughs> really just the first season of Battlestar Galactica. Well, <laughs> I, I'm okay with, um, you know, if, if you're doing an adaptation and you want to do it that way. I'm okay with that. I think what bothers me is if you try to do it, and I know it might be a contentious opinion, but like if you try to do it the Game of Thrones way, where you're jumping around but you're changing plot elements like completely. Yeah. <clears throat> so if they're trying to stick with the plot, but maybe they're jumping yeah, around well, in their own canon, the, the, that, that's okay. The like, guys as long are, as they're keeping it, you know, consistent. The guys that are developing the books into the TV show are the same guys that wrote the books, and they even said. Because they were on the panel too, they said it's almost liberating to do this because there's a lot of things they wish they did differently with the books, mm. and this is a way for them to do that. And they're still going to honor the books, though. Like the yeah. story's there; they're mm. just rearranging the order in which it takes place. Yeah. It's just things they would love to have put into like Holden earlier on. Yeah, but they didn't think about it until book five or six. Yeah, when they actually they developed Holden more in that first season <clears throat> than they did. In quite a while, there's yeah. there's some stuff from like later in the series that they started in book uh, or in season one. So let's so yeah, the expanse comes officially. It's January 2017. Initially, they said early 2017. Uh, now it's January. We know for sure. Beautiful. So so exciting. which is way better than uh, I don't know if we mentioned on this podcast, but uh, Star Trek uh, 
What is it? Star Trek Discovery? It got pushed back till May. May? From January to May. Because they said if we're going to do it, we're going to need more time, which I can respect that. No. But I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, I would prefer they take their time. Yeah, it's, it's Star Trek. You know, it's, it's almost like uh, No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, right. You they see how I transitioned? Yeah, they, they took their time and they and then a great was bad. Yeah. Have you seen the Steam reviews? It's the lowest ranked video game. I could. I Steam. I had that on my I had that on my Steam wish list, and I heard. I'm like, I started hearing stuff about it, and then I looked, and I'm like, mostly negative. And I'm like, let's just remove I, that. Think, I think I was probably the only one of the group, except for Ben. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I think I was the time. only one out of the group that actually bought the game. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were all thinking about it. And well, then, <laughs> so so that's the thing. We saw the reviews. <laughs> I think I think by the time we did the last podcast. Which will be up by the time this podcast is up. <laughs> by the time we did the last one, um, I, I had already actually sold it. I think I had the game a total of like two weeks. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I feel like um, it's a great concept. It's a great idea. But it deserves all the criticism it's gotten. It just didn't live up. I mean, it's it's hard. Obviously, the hype train kind of got rolling on that one oh, yeah. on its own. I mean, it's the, hard. The, the hype, not. Yeah, the You're hype train. a full, expansive, free-roaming sandbox. Not not world. Not its universe. You have a sandbox universe, and you're going to do things this poorly? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I want... I You know, hopefully patches come out, and that's, I mean, the good thing about these, you know... Uh, modern generation console games like before that's all you got you you know you you, let's talk about you know cartridge era gaming that's the game you got like if you got Mega Man X there were no like patch there were no day one patches that's you got Mega Man X and that was it that's it and it was good yeah because they had to be good because if it wasn't good you weren't going to buy their stuff anymore Mm mm-hmm and now it's just like it's accepted and expected. Oh yeah, you know whatever. Day one patch. You know I gotta wait twenty minutes to play this game. I gotta download twenty gigabytes of an update to play the game that I literally bought day one. Like I can't believe that you know this is the norm. Yeah. <laughs> or, and there's also that that new thing now where it's like they listen. They put out a game and they listen to the fans' reactions and they go, oh, that, that you want something like that? Let's put that in the game now. Two things is one, it's it's nice that they're actually listening to the consumer, listening to the fans, and yes. they're changing the game to the way they want it. But two, it's like I don't know, have some integrity about the game and go, this is the way we made it. You don't like it? Maybe the next game we can change some stuff around. But altering a game in its current form. See, the issue is, you know, we, we talked a lot. I think uh, you know, a couple podcasts ago before No Man's Sky had come out about. You know, like Sean Murray and Hello Games and kind of like what they were planning on doing and, and what they kind of said. And, and I think in a lot of cases, especially like Ben was like defending them, you know, we were like, oh, hey, you know, they're not going to put a bad game out. They delayed it, you know, X amount of times because they want to put a good game out. But ultimately, it was because of how they promoted it and then their lack of response post-launch. And I don't even know if they've responded to any of the criticisms like yet. And the game's been out like two months. 
Oh, I'm sure they. Well, they've got to know that there's a problem. Well, no, I'm sure they know there's a problem, but they were like extremely just silent after the game came out. Like people were saying, "Hey, what's the deal?" You know, you said that it's a persistent world that we could see other players if we came across them, and you know, they just never responded. They've hurt their rep so much in the gaming community that even though it's their first game, I just feel like they're gonna have a really hard time kind of picking up the pieces. And they're they're a talented developer. Like there's no you know questioning like their technical abilities as a, a game developer, but they've hurt their reputation so much with this that who knows if you know anyone's gonna give them a second chance. And and honestly, we're entering a time when video game companies, believe it or not, are having a hard time finding the funding to make games. That's why you're starting to see advertisements in games now. Uh, like all the all the EA games, they have advertisements because they're trying to find an alternate way to pay for the games. Because that doesn't that doesn't surprise me because the games are becoming significantly more expensive and they're they're not increasing the more, price. The yeah. price is kind of just dead set because they know if they go higher than that price, people aren't going to buy the games. Mm-hmm. So they kind of locked it in at that sixty dollars for a brand new game, and it's getting harder and harder to make a game. Of to fit into that bracket, like yeah, I believe it. In terms of like manpower and just everything that has to go into making graphics games. have to be I mean, better, story has to be better. You have to have, have more having... voice actors. You have to have more everything, but price will stay the same. Yeah, Look, if No Man's Sky was a hundred and twenty dollars and good, I'm sure I there would it. be most people would not buy it. No, I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> insane. Like a hundred. That's literally double the price. But, I mean, what we're talking about is an open universe, free-roaming, sandbox, procedurally generated game. Yeah. I would be, I, quite frankly, like, it's kind of weird that it wasn't, you know, more. Like, it's, you know, even charged $75. I mean, that's $15 more than standard video game fare at this point, but... I'm, I'm going to point out something. It's not like the best example, but it's a good model. And I kind of like how they did this. Well, two things, actually. One is look at how Rockstar did Grand Theft Auto V. They put out the game. They have since just been releasing things. They didn't give the complete game when it came out. They haven't charged anything since the game came out. Mm-hmm. Everything's free, but they're just putting it out little by little. Yeah, I'm thinking as they can afford it. Another thing is, look at how uh, the Telltale Games is doing it. Other games are starting to do it, too, is they're releasing games episodic. They're bringing it out little by little, and they're not charging more. You're not paying more for the game, really. You're paying, like, buy individual episodes. Yeah, you can buy individual episodes, otherwise you're paying 24 24, to $30 for a six-episode thing, what would normally cost you, you know, $60. It's actually more affordable for the customer and the company to make it. So, people are trying things. It's actually experimenting. It just makes me scared for the future of gaming. Because, like, what do we want? Like, you know, what are, the, what are the consumers... You know, I worked for GameStop for, you know, three weeks at the end of last year, 2015. The expert. Resident expert. Literally. Between December and November 2015, I worked... Four shifts at a GameStop before I got my current job. Just long enough for his neck beard to grow in, and then <laughs> and I grow like way too shitty of a picture. Resident, you like your Resident expert Andrew W S Miller, Paul W S. But like, Miller. but like, where are we going? You know, like I I saw people trading in their five editions of COD for the newest COD when that came out. Like I was there COD. for that. Like COD. 
Call of Call of Booty. Call of Cod of Duty. Cod of yeah. Cod, cod piece of duty. See, when you say cod, I instantly think of Sam Neill from uh, <laughs> Event Horizon. But anyways, okay, so that was quite a long tangent on video games. We'll cut out ninety percent of that. Um, you won't even hear the maybe. first part about the expanse. Or not. Remember that I'll be in there. Or, or but, not. Uh, so the actual reason we're here tonight. Video games. No. Oh. Uh, we're here to talk about Starship Troopers. Starship, mm-hmm. as the Simpsons would say, Troopers. <laughs> and, and more importantly, oh, how, oh, man, how they went snuck bed. a Busey into our night. Oh, my oh, Lord. The giant. Are we? The okay. Super Busey. I'm going to fucking open now, up the pit on this. Great. Yeah. Some big Starship Troopers discourse. The giant teeth of Gary Busey's <laughs> <Yeah>, son. <laughs> Jake Busey. <laughs> Did you see the what? I can't even. We watched this episode. We watched the movie. I had never, <laughs> I had never seen the movie Starship Troopers until like three or four weeks ago when I came over here, watched it on a Tuesday night, and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do the podcast. And we just it was like four weeks later, we had so many giant teeth jokes. And so now many. I can't remember any of them. Do you guys remember? Biggest teeth in the galaxy. I don't, I don't know if we got enough time for all those Jake Busey jokes. Oh, God. Oh, Jake, We're getting it long in the tooth here, I know. Jake Busey. He was an actor where uh, the 90s tried to make Jake Busey happen, but it just never, it, was, it wasn't going to happen. Wasn't he in fucking Stephen King's It, the miniseries, as like the murderer guy? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not up and up on uh, hey. Big Teeth's, you know, hey, filmography. I, re- I just remember uh, he was in a movie. It was like a bad, uh, like comedy in like 2000 with uh, who was the guy who was in Sliders? Oh, oh that Slider. guy! Oh, uh, that guy! I forget his name. No, but he was in some movie. It was, it was called Tomcats. If you guys <laughs> ever saw it, it was a horrible <laughs> comedy. It was like I, a horrible I early 2000 sex comedy. And I just remember Sex total, yeah, like total, like that what all in the vein of like were? American Pie and all those yeah. other movies. It was and like Jay it tried was so hard it. to be like American Pie. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, the yeah, fatal flaw. No one wants a sex comedy with that much teeth in it. No, like sir, keep the teeth out of the sex comedy. Oh man! Well, before we get into this entire podcast about <laughs> Jake, Jake Busey, Jake Busey's teeth. Uh, who would like to actually? He's synopsis? here though, right now, isn't he? Like isn't he in your backyard? <laughs> he's just been hanging oh, out there. Oh God, that's like you're talking Jake, about. Jake, go him away! Like he's a cryptid. <laughs> yeah, he's a cryptid. Okay, he's there's like, been Jake Busey uh, sightings in North Indiana. <laughs> so who would like to? Uh, Goddamn bugs whacked him, Johnny. <laughs> who would like? He's to, just skulking around your backyard. <laughs> Eric, I think, lines Eric I think it's your turn to uh, do the synopsis. To here. do the synopsis. Oh man, just just Starship run Trooper. through it. Not don't run through it like Ben would. Jake. <laughs> ben would like sprint through that. It's like, like Slenderman. Usain Bolt. I want you to like just <laughs> oh, no. quickly just get through that. You can always give it a run and then look here. All right, yeah, yeah, because we can edit it out if it's a bad. So my synopsis of the film. So Starship Troopers, uh, it is. It is a war propaganda film. It's 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 really it's a whole satire. No, no, I don't want your opinion. I just want a quick synopsis of the movie. Oh, oh, well, I mean, that, I mean, and that's just that's the movie. It is so a film that, like a that is great. It's a movie about nothing. How do you know when it's over? 
So two and a half hours later. Society will cover that in the synopsis. It is such a heavy satire of 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 that, and then it's also trying to like make links to the book. See, this is a really okay. So yeah, um, the movie. Okay, so the movie Starship Troopers. in a nutshell, you basically start off with in the middle of a war between giant alien bugs and humans. And then it flashes back and you're at a high school. Very 90s. Very 90s. We're talking prom, <laughs> homecoming football <laughs> game, prom on Earth. graduation, like space signing up for the military, 20, trying, 90s, try, trying to get laid and it's kind of not working. Oh, yeah, it's great. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. I love it. Anyways, moving forward. They all, they all, all your main characters join the military because that's what you do, and uh, everything's going pretty well. Rico kind of screws up; he ends up trying to leave. His home of Rio de Janeiro gets attacked, so they're going to war. He doesn't end up leaving; he stays. They go to war. They travel. They (laughs) travel. What? It's not Rio de Janeiro. No, it's not. What was it? <laughs> Not Buenos Aires. Really sorry. <laughs> Buenos Aires. I'm sorry. I knew yeah. it was in South America. Buenos Aires. Anyways, so. White South America. <laughs> 2090s white taking over. White South like, America. This is. We're so, talking about. Restart the podcast. <laughs> no, we're talking about. We're talking That's about. That's your last rolling rock. We're talking about a future. <laughs> In which white people have taken over every other country. Since you don't know, he's not only they've taken over the galaxy. He's standing. I'm standing up. I'm holding two beers. I'm gonna fucking take a piss and open both of these Uh, beers. uh, Miller, Miller, check your privilege. I already checked it and it's awesome. I checked it at the door. I checked the privilege at the door and it's an awesome uh, privilege. No, he's not. He's not joking. We live in. This is a time when Casper Van Dien is a native. Of Buenos Aires. Anyways, uh, moving on with the uh, synapsis. Um, they end up going across the galaxy to fight the giant bugs. They get their ass kicked. Regroup. Figure it out. Come up with a plan. Moving forward, uh, Johnny Rico joins a different unit or platoon. I don't know the military structure at that point. That, Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside, yeah, who is also their their professor in high school. Well, he ends up dying. Johnny Rico takes over, becomes the Rico's Roughnecks. Hell yeah! And then uh, you know, push comes to shove, and Diz dies, and they win. Do you miss the part where he joined the girl, and then she left him? That's not important. I think the military structure. I think that's pretty is, important. Everybody is considered the rank of cannon fodder in that film. Like really? I would I, I, I wouldn't say that about Neil Patrick Harris. No, no. that's true. He is like the he decided who was exception. cannon fodder. Okay, <laughs> he decided who was cannon fodder. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna dive right in. So, are we gonna talk about the themes in this film? No, are we gonna that's talk too heavy. About... Let's talk about plot and characters. Okay, let's now. do that first. That that well, let's not get that heavy. Because there's a lot to. Go I got with. something for you. Yeah, you two are gonna get into it something in no, a good no, way. We're not gonna get no, into it. No, you're gonna agree. You're gonna agree, and no. it's gonna be hot. See, when he says get into it, it, he means you guys are gonna start making out because you agree so much. Yeah, if, probably. If, if there's two guys here make, that make sure would make use, out, it would probably gonna be a lot of like philosophical just. Make sure to use a lot of teeth. Going on. Make sure to use a lot of teeth when you do. Oh, look, you try to bring the teeth back. Now, would you almost say abusey level of teeth? Just tickle your beard. You tickle each other's that, beards. That, that's 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 sexual abusey. Oh. 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 
Man, you're gonna be editing a lot of this out. Man, you're on top of your game tonight. Well, it's almost <laughs> like there's fucking. Look two, how much. Four, six, it's almost like there's eight beers in front of me. Yeah, there's there's a lot of beers going on. I'm not <laughs> drunk, but I'm like I'm pretty loose. You have to work in four hours. <laughs> I'm so mad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's gonna be the real that's, code. That's um, I'm not drunk, but I'm pretty loose. So you gotta work <laughs> in four hours. <laughs> so God, I'm so mad. Okay, so. Uh, Mark, I have Mark. to ask you, how did you like the characters in this movie? Don't get into the plot, just get into the characters. How did I like the characters? Look, you got Rico. What Look, do you think? The question is, what did you like the characters? What? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who did you like the characters? I, they were really interesting. Uh... They started out seeming very, like, stereotypical. 90s. And, yeah, 90s, uh, one-dimensional, kind of. But then they, they ended up being really interesting uh, characters by the end of the movie. All of them developed pretty well. Well, most of them. Yeah, that's true. I think that uh, one of the, the least developed characters ended up being Rico's lady friend. I can't remember her name. Diz. No, not no. Diz. Oh. His girlfriend. Uh, oh, Den- Denise Richards? Yeah. She ended up being Carmen. Like, she, Carmen. Was a, she was a really Carmen. flat character, actually, for being his uh, uh, you know what? whole reason to go into the military in the first place. She ends up. I'm gonna I'm, like just falling for this douchey guy. Well, and, oh, like, he's in fall. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna stop you there. First that. off, that character I think was well written. I just don't think Denise Richards is no. a, oh, in God. any way, shape, or form a good actor, like ever. So, I'm going honestly, to drive us crazy. Hey. This is going to be insane. I'm yeah. going to fly really fast. And oh everyone God. else is like really reacting. Is, and she's hey, look, straight That is faced. such a good Denise Richards impression. Xander may be a poor man's Rob Lowe. <laughs> but uh, he's, he awesome. is he is a space hunk. Oh my god! No, in yes, He actually did his part very well. Yeah, he did. He did. But Denise Richards. Weakest part of that movie. Yeah. I will agree mm-hmm. with you there. You know, I don't want to alarm anybody, but 10% of our audience is Denise Richards. Uh, <laughs> we just... Oh, God. She was a fan. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Just wait, honey. Lost the Denise Richards demographic. Just, just wait. We're going to do your Bond film next. You're yeah. not going to like it. <laughs> You're not going to like it. <laughs> well, Chris, Christmas in July, huh? Well, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of an interesting... Yeah, that was good. I think that's a, uh, an interesting, taking me right back to World is Not Enough. I think that's a, uh, the, the characters in the film, it, it is, it, it's interesting because you see a lot of these actors who, it was kind of weird, it was like, um, it, was, it was the same thing, it was like, okay, late 90s, getting towards the late 90s, it was all these actors who at the time, like, you're watching this film, and it's like, oh, this might be, like, the next generation of, like, you know, big movie stars. And none of them really became that. You know what I mean? Like, you look at your Casper Van Deens and your Denise Richards and, like, you Jake know. Busey. J- your Jake Busey, which, I mean, everyone thought he was going to be a star. Oh, he was- Everybody got teeth enlargement surgeries after this movie. <laughs> Just so you know. I got it. Um, nobody else here got it. I'm sorry. I was I was seven, and I got it. 
<laughs> and I had to get it reversed. Why would you not? <laughs> when you realize your teeth wouldn't fit in your seven-year-old mouth. It was down in June. He paid for the got, Yeah, I got, I got the teeth shortening a couple years later. Super was, painful. It was it was birthday and Christmas put together. Your dad was pissed. <laughs> but to get the surgery. I mean, you know, looking at, like, the characters, I don't think anyone really does like a really poor performance i mean obviously some performances i think were better than others but <laughs> yeah it, it's kind of interesting it was like you know these actors um you know they did this film but it is really like kind of a time capsule type movie almost like yeah. kind of how event horizon is and even in a lot of ways more so than event horizon oh yeah it's very dated well it's but, because they're not just beholden to the sci-fi genres they brought in so many others the the, the teen yeah. the yeah. teen exactly. movie the yeah. second you tried to be like these are high schoolers who are moving on and like making a big change in their life. He's a 28 year old high school. And then it yeah. becomes a war film. And it, it was Once it switches to war film, it like becomes timeless. Well, but up to that point, it's very, very time capsule. Well, that was one of the things I was telling Colin because like we watched the movie, and for me, you know, it was probably the third time I've seen the movie, but it, for all intents and purposes, was a first viewing because I don't remember the initial viewings I had because when I watched them it was like 97 98 like I watched it when it came out and I wasn't old enough to really process what was going on so instead of being able to like kind of get into or get past like some of the camp and like you know some of the the plot kind of um you know like the silliness that's going on and and viewing it like almost as a comedy in some ways because there are comedic elements I just focused on like the horror and the violence because I think when you're a kid, that was the same thing. I, I always look back to the example of uh, Resident Evil 2. Mm. Or my dad renting Resident Evil 2 in 1998 when I was seven years old. And not being mentally prepared to play a game like that and being like, oh, you know, I'm playing like Gex, Enter the Gecko, and like all these <laughs> like, you know, 90s like platformers. Yeah, like Crash Bandicoot and all these 90s platformers, Spyro the Dragon. And then it's like... Oh, Resident Evil, and I'm playing it, and they, you know, zombies rip your throat out, and it's like the most horrifying, violent thing ever. No big deal. And that was that was kind of the same thing for me with Starship Troopers. Like when I saw it, I couldn't really process all these other elements that I was able to process, you know, a month ago when we watched it. So for me, that was like the first viewing, and I was really surprised at how much of those elements they kind of weaved into this story that, yeah, it's a sci-fi story, it's a war movie, it's a satire, there's a lot of things going on, but at its core, it's like a total 90s teen coming of age, you know, like yeah. all that stuff is in there. So it's kind of kind of interesting. I mean, I thought the actors, even if they were 30, <laughs> did a pretty good job of, you know, portraying that. Um, it was cheesy, but, yeah. you know, they did a good job it of kind of portraying what those characters though. were. Yeah, It played right into... Everything, everything was exaggerated. Yeah, that was just how it was in the movie, and it worked. Every actor went <laughs> went above and beyond. Every like little okay. like when there's the one Not moment where they're like everybody's doing again. their part, and there's a teacher out with like her students stomping cockroaches, like and everybody's just like losing their mind with how excited they are. It just. <laughs> I, st- raised I, level. I still think Denise Richards under underperformed in that one. But maybe she acted to the best of her ability. Who knows? You gotta wonder about a movie like this where so obviously it is a uh, parody on the old war propaganda 
movies and shorts of the uh, film reels and what what have you um, of the 1930s and 40s, you know, that would precede a movie, a feature film. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you got to wonder if this is a purposeful, you know, acting decision or if this is just that she's... No, she's that bad. That she's, she's that, that bad. bad. <laughs> That's what we're going with. You know, the, we're, the, the official sci-fi cross-section seal of she is that bad. Stamp it. Boom. Denise Richards, bad sci-fi actress. Bad. Done. One, um, two, three, four. Tell me that you love me more. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> no, but I like. I'm where, not going there. I like where you were. How you you were spinning into the the whole. Uh, War propaganda. War propaganda here. Um, it, it was one part like that, that World War Two. you know, let's sell bonds, hurrah, hurrah, go, go nation, go. You've but got it, these. But also there's the whole part with like the actual live reporter in That's, the battlefield. Yes. Very Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, very Vietnam. They, they, they took it one step further mm-hmm. and Ooh. you show the actual like bloodiness of you know the well, war that that we didn't see that until world war or i'm sorry until vietnam was the first time that was where we seen. were able to actually show footage of soldiers yeah. like being carted off dead uh-huh. in the caskets and there were so many things that were finally opened up well so okay that, that kind of gets me into my main <coughs> takeaway from starship troopers and that is i am a huge fan of paul verhoeven's sci-fi so as far as like a science fiction director that was making science fiction in that, you know, 80s, 90s sort of realm, like he was one of the guys where I think he really focused on sci-fi as a medium to make a statement and to not just, you know, tell a story about spaceships and, you know, about aliens and whatever. He was telling a story that was going to be insular and also satirical and poke fun at certain conventions or archetypes. And he did that in every movie he did. If you look at some of his, you know, back catalog, you know, like he did RoboCop, he did, you know, Total Recall. Well, like you think of these movies though, they're, they're sci-fi, you know, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, but they're, they're pointing the finger at, you know, RoboCop, it's corporations. Yeah. You know, in, uh, same thing, Total Recall. It's, Mm -hmm. it's very like, you know, he, he's very good at using, the magnifying glass or like the lens of science fiction to really, I think that's like, that's the point of sci-fi and he does it really well. And I think better than he gets credit for kind of, you know, holding the magnifying glass to a certain element of society and saying, you know, look at this, this is ridiculous. If this continues, this is a future that is possible. Yeah. And that was the thing, that was what I was going to kind of respond to uh, Eric, you know, when we first started talking about that a little while ago. Like, I I was reading a bunch of interviews and commentary and different things that Paul Verhoeven had said. And that was one of the comments he made was, you know, when people asked him, like, did you make a, you know, people that couldn't like kind of really see the forest for the trees were like, did you make a pro-fascist movie here? Like, is that what you were going for? And he's like, no. I wanted to make a movie where the society is like so totalitarian and so fascist and so ridiculous that the only thing it's good at is going to war. Or that's the only thing that's valued Mm -hmm. is this, you know, 
we got to go kill him. We got to go, you know, do this. You can, rah, rah, be, rah. you can either be a citizen or a civilian. Exactly. Yes. You, if you want to be a citizen, you got to serve your country. Got to join up. And that's great. And it's totally in this case, you know, for whatever other flaws the movie may have, like that is totally. Um, it, it's it, he he created that on purpose. Like that is not mm-hmm. something we're picking up, you know, on the back end of it. Like he he. You know, so the orchestrated whole movie, the that. whole movie was meant to be that. Yes, yeah, intentional. It's, it was intentional. It's really wonderful. I know he directed a lot of sci-fi films, but this it was so perfect. This film could have been made uh, about. I mean, it wouldn't have been Starship Troopers, but this film could have been made just as a war, you know, a goofy war propaganda film like this. But the fact that it was at its time a science fiction film was really important too, because this film not only made fun of like our current war but it also pointed out the fact that sci-fi is very militaristic and was for a long time leading up to that look at a lot of films that we love that we talk about uh start like let's just point out two chief ones star trek and star wars yeah very militaristic oh yeah you follow the military of these universes and they romanticize the hell out of them they make it like Oh, this war is beautiful and, and strings and and we you need know it. and romance and and, and well, love and and aren't they well, I mean, I would I would say if you look at the names of those, Star Wars is literally about galactic wars. Right, right. Star Trek is actually about exploration. They just yeah. keep screwing up and yeah. <laughs> getting they, stuck fighting they can't things. Obey the prime directive, right? I mean, and, don't fuck with the civilization. And that's we why did. I think this movie is so. Of like grotesque because they wanted to be like, well, look at this. Johnny Rico was our Luke Skywalker, but oh my gosh, people are getting their like limbs chopped off, and you know I, all of his friends yeah, are getting yeah. eaten alive. And, well, you know, yeah, and and that's kind of interesting too. Um, we're never to, they're trying to shatter. Yeah, yeah. Just, Johnny Rico, Johnny Rico versus Luke Skywalker. Huh? That like lightsaber, clean that's gonna cut, no blood. You yeah, know, people and, disappear when they die, sort of thing. Yeah, and to segue into that it, too, it, it's kind of cool, like you know, some of the background of the film, the film was developed independently. So it was developed as a script. You know, it was done on its own. It wasn't done as an adaptation. And mm-hmm. they kind of like played into the license of Starship Troopers, which was yeah. a Heinlein novel, I believe, mm-hmm. like way after the fact. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's interesting from kind of what I've like gathered from the creative team of the film was the, the book itself, which I have not read, but the book itself is supposed to be very kind of, you know, conservative, like pro-war, like, you know, that's kind of the stance the novel takes. Whereas the people that were making the movie that kind of latched onto this license that they got for one reason or another did not like the book. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Verhoeven straight up said, like, it's boring. You know, I started reading it, <laughs> but it was really depressing. And, you know, I just, I, I didn't really care for it, blah, blah, blah. So for them to make an adaptation of it, and then spin it in that way where they were really trying to critique this sort of mindset, whereas maybe the original book, from from what I gather from reading about it, was more kind of just straight. It wasn't really trying to, you know, like approach these themes in some subversive way. But yet, you know, Paul Verhoeven and the rest of the creative team made this like super subversive movie mm-hmm. off of that source material. Like that's kind of an interesting yeah. way to spin it. Yeah. They didn't just tell like a straight adaptation of it. They were like, okay, well, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, stick to the themes where we can or stick to some of the story plot elements where we can. But, you know, um, he obviously disagreed with a lot of 
kind of what they were playing as straight in the novel. So I thought that was kind of a cool way to go about it. You don't really see that that often, that someone's going to take source material, adapt it, but they're going to adapt it with their own lens. They, they, and they took a lot of the themes and they just they played up like the other side of the argument. Like the whole starting in a school thing to bring up that idea of like, do you earn the right to be a citizen? Do you earn yeah. the right to suffrage? They took the opposite stance sort of of the book and saying like, well, that's scary to say you need to earn that by fighting. Whereas the book was sort of saying like, no, you earn it by fighting. You earn it by being smarter and stronger and, you know. Yeah. Or even the idea of is it acceptable to push a militaristic agenda in a school? Mm -hmm. Is it okay to promote that in a school when somebody is learning and still developing their mindset? Do you want to say this is the best way to do it before they can actually make that decision for themselves? Mm -hmm. Not only in a school, but in a society as a whole. So there's such an emphasis put on from the very beginning about becoming a citizen. That I want to become a citizen. Like, but have you thought about why? And surprisingly enough, his teacher is one of the only people who like doesn't push it on him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he's the ultimate badass. I love love that you said that. Have you thought about why? If more humans actually went, if people thought about why, should I? But should I? People think all the, the time. Would be a lot different place. People all think all the time about, you know, the ramification. Maybe they don't think about the ramifications. That's probably no. you know misleading. People don't think about the ramifications. They think about, hey, this is interesting. Can we do this? But they don't think of the why. That's that's the rub. Wait, wait who's got the Jurassic Park quote there? Yeah, the the the, the Malcolm <laughs> quote. Who's got it? <laughs> your your scientists oh, <laughs> spent so long. <laughs> oh, asking if we could. No one stopped to, to question if we should. There you go. Yeah, that's the and they, and you don't. That's probably Nobody still think, a butchering of it. Even now, even this is 2016 as of this recording. <laughs> Hopefully, Mark, we posted Mark in 2016. You now have two months. In you have two months to get this episode. No care. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> We've got, you know, this is 2016. Does anybody even really think? Not even, you don't, let's, let's not even talk about the ramifications of what you're doing. Have you thought about the motivation behind why you're doing what you're doing? Why are you, why are you in college? Why are you working towards this supposed goal? Yeah, I actually think about that every day. You have to. If you want to be a fully formed human being with, what I would call legitimate sentience, you have to think about why you're doing what you do on a daily basis. Am I doing it for monetary gain? You know, am I, am I working this, you know, 40 hour a week, 52 hour a week job solely for monetary gain? Or, or am capital? I doing it for a different reason? You know, I mean, you can validate both, but you have to, you have to realize what you're doing and why you're doing it. And in the case of Johnny Rico, what he's doing is joining up. His motivation for Carmen, that sweet, <laughs> sweet booty. Now, I don't know about you, but Denise Richards at that time, at I'm the, talking late 90s, Denise Richards was hot. We're talking Starship oh, Troopers, she Denise was Richards. Hot. Like ten years after that, Denise Richards not so. I can't say I wouldn't join up, 
But so I don't have to. on that Dave Navarro. <laughs> 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 that man, this 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 podcast has finally reached its end goal. We finally mentioned Dave Navarro on this podcast. <laughs> We've been working towards it for a year. We, we can now cancel leaves. this and we're going to start a new podcast. Out the door. We tried. We couldn't get Event Horizon to stick. There was no Dave Navarro to be had at Event Horizon. Just saying. Um, no, but yeah, he 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 joined up for the wrong reason. But then he finally realizes. He realizes after it's too late. After his. After all of his friends are dead. Well, most. Do you want to live forever? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I think it'd be cool to live forever. I don't know what it's like to be Why dead. Why are you asking me this while we're running at a bunch of bugs? I mean, you could have asked yeah. me this like no. 20 minutes ago. When we were My walking. logic is I don't know what it's like to be dead, so. It's a pensive yes. <laughs> now, now, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. Do you want to live forever? And they just actually sit down and have a good discussion about the ramifications of... Benefits uh, versus... Cost-benefits <laughs> of living forever. Look, here, all, like, you know, if everybody lived forever, then yeah, your friends would never die. I mean, we'd be overpopulated, but that's just how it is. But, I mean, at that point, if you're living forever, then that means you Sterilize continue everyone. to work on research and keep that rolling. So you, you'd feel like that would just build upon itself and we could actually spread out across the universe more. Mm. Mm. We're I already like trying to encroach on some fucking bugs here. Like, has anybody watched any of the 12 sequels to Starship Trooper? Absolutely I, not. I watched, I watched, I watched this... a trailer for Starship Trooper 3. Yeah. Oh, Water, oh, yeah. What was it called? What was it called? Rico's Return. No, it was called uh, Van... Rico's oh, what was it? Jesus. Marauder. No, Marauder. Marauder. Said that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, it was a Marauder. But that's the one where, if you watch the trailer, which, okay, so that's another point to make. So, Paul Verhoeven's take on it, you had that propaganda element, you know, where every once in a while it would say, yeah, you know, it's, 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 do, it's, you, do you want more information? Or, you it's know, a societal, it's, it's a very societal commentary. Well, no, but, but that was really well done. And, and it kind of made me think, too, like, okay, so that was a statement that was made. It had the thought, the time, the the money behind it to do it properly, I think. And then, inevitably, just like anything that kind of has a cult status but doesn't really have the, um, you know, financing to do a, a full-on, you know, dreadful, <coughs> dread, dread. yeah, $160 million <laughs> film. You know, they made a bunch of direct-to-DVD sequels of it. Well, the third sequel actually has Casper Van Dien returning as yeah. Rico. And a lot of other uh, prominent uh, shitty sci-fi actors. Well, I, I watched <laughs> the trailer on YouTube. I haven't watched the actual movie, but I watched a trailer on YouTube. Prominent and, and shitty. <laughs> <laughs> They're both. They <laughs> occupy the same diagram. <laughs> It yes, was, here's the Venn diagram of yeah, sci-fi actors. Prominent. Prominent. Shitty. Shitty. Everybody Sci-fi. in Starship Troopers 3. Yeah. Fuck well, this. But, but that's a thing like... Everybody um, minus Christopher Judge. Anyways. One of the elements in the trailer that really kind of struck me was they try to do that propaganda, you know, like, theme again. Like, like in the trailer... It shows a scene where they, they, they try to do kind of almost like a, um, you know, say reenactment. But it's very similar to kind of what they do in the original Starship Troopers, the theatrical Starship Troopers. But it just falls flat because 
it's it, as funny as it is. It's like in the original one, that is a satire of a government that's gone so far in one direction that this is you know what they value. We've kind of touched on that already. But now you've got a movie. It's like so meta. It's ridiculous. Like you've got a movie that is now like doing a parody of the movie that was a satire of you know like it's a satire of a satire of a satire. And you can't do that. You can't. You just it can't. just doesn't. Like, and that's why those movies didn't work. You yeah, know, I I agree. I, I I think I watched the second one once when I was younger when it first came out, and I just remember it being terrible. It had nothing to do with that that same subject matter that the first one dealt with it was there you had the bugs the aliens and you had the the marines and that was it that was the only thing linking those two together um well uh while i'm thinking about it i want to go around the table now and i want to ask whether or not people thought this was the good or the bad The good, the bad, and the sci-fi. Woo, woo, woo. The good, the bad, and the sci-fi. That's what we'll call this Dude, segment. we're fucking calling it that segment now. Mark, oh, I'm man. taking control. I like it. <laughs> Assuming control. And I'm going to just... This hurts you. So, uh, we'll, we'll start with you then. Sci-fi. Yeah, we got No, like, we have to record this. This is like... Uh, pew, pew, pew. So, uh... All right, Andrew. You know, like I said, I've watched this movie once in my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was it. Right to the basics there. Resident expert here. Yes. Resident expert. Watched it once. No. I will say, of this movie, it is extremely long. We were, Mark, I watched it, I watched it here at the Botker Abode. With the brothers. <laughs> Chateau Butler. Chateau Butler. Chateau Butler. <laughs> I, wa- I watched it here. We watched Butler it. Vineyard. Butler Vineyard. And it is, it is long. It is a long movie. If you've never like seen it before, you are in for a ride. Two hours? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's, it, it's between two hours and two and a half hours. I'm, you know, whatever that, it, there's a fluctuation. <laughs> Depending on time dilation. If you watch it with the Botkers, they pause it every single time. They're, you know, they somebody's got to leave a room. Um, with the pause to hug every once in a while. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> keep the vibes, sure keep the vibes never positive. I was hugged five have times by three different Botkers. <laughs> it is a long movie. Oh, that I like that sure. scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a long movie. It is good sci-fi. You've, you've got the... You've got this space age, 1940s style propaganda. Like, here's the war effort. You've got to support the troops. Would you right? like to know more? Would you like to know more about supporting the troops? Would you like to know more about becoming a citizen? You've got that. You know, you've got that aspect to it. Um, you've got. Um, what makes a good sci fi? Come on. Spaceships. You've got the. You've got spaceships galore. You've got you know giant alien. You've got giant alien bugs. You got a big brain. You're just some kind of big fat brain bug. Yeah. Smart bug, aren't you? They sucked out his brain. Goddamn bugs. Goddamn it, Johnny. They sucked out his brains. (laughs) You've got these. You've got these aspects of sci-fi, you know. But it's somehow like in being a. 
in being a parody of propaganda, you know, it, it works so fucking well, you know. I mean, it's it's a long movie. It's not just a good sci-fi movie. It's a good movie it's if you understand movie. what they're trying to yes. achieve. In the sci-fi genre. Yeah, and so many people get it wrong when it comes to yeah. these, like, extremely, like... They just see the camp. And you see the, the forest for the trees, like Jason said. You know, I, I, I watched... Um, I was at the uh, Chicago International Film Festival when they, um, uh, when they were doing a screening of nat- Natural Born Killers. And um, the director was there. And he's like, yeah, most of the critics... We're just thinking that, um, you know, this movie was, you know, it was what it was. And it's not. It's a, it's a parody of these, of, of what you read on the news, you know, these, you know, these extremely graphic crime, spree, crime sprees. And it's just, you've got to, you've got to notice it for what it is. It's a critique on modern sensibilities. And that's what I have to say about it. <laughs> I'm not going to drop my beer again. <laughs> well, you guess because you got to finish it before you can. I have one more drink, Jason. Good so set, set, Starship set. Troopers. Um, Final review. You know, do you think? Again, oh. I I definitely. We don't have, want your opinion on this one, though. We want your opinion on three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a fan of the trailer. But, <laughs> I mean, Casper Van, Van Dien was still bad. a good. Yeah. He's a good looking man. Oh, I mean, always. he still is. He, the, he always was. You know, he did a couple westerns recently too. If yeah, you're he's, you know, no, no complaints there. Everybody likes a good but, cowboy, if you know what I mean. But yeah, as far as Starship Troopers goes, um, again, being a fan of the sci-fi that kind of isn't afraid to embrace, you know, ideas and kind of being a critique and not necessarily just being some big space opera thing. Not there's anything wrong with that. Um, I was really surprised at how, now that I'm kind of at the point where I can appreciate what they were trying to do with it, um, I, I was surprised how deep it actually goes. But just like Miller said, <laughs> when he that. quoted me, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree. You're agreeing with yourself. I am, I am. No, but that's what Starship Troopers is. It's a brilliant satire of that era of you know filmmaking yeah. you, you look back at the propaganda films you know and obviously we we kind of touched on a little bit but they're making a lot of allusion to the kind of fascist you know far-right governments of you know uh 1930s 40s europe with the dress you know the, the hugo boss uniforms mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, doogie hauser is wearing and everything else <laughs> like that. and like you know it's it's done very well it i, I think is one of those films where, you know, similar to like Event Horizon, for different reasons, obviously, has kind of been looked back at now by a whole new generation of science fiction fans as like, okay, this is kind of a gem that kind of flew under the radar. Almost quintessential sci-fi. You know, because that's kind of how I felt like it's just so well done in terms of the special effects. A lot of the stuff actually still holds up, which I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the, the the music which didn't even really get to talk about that, but the soundtrack is phenomenal. You know, yeah. there's a lot of really good things about the film, and I can forgive you know the the camp and some of the sillier things because it's, it's in te- service of it was this in, greater it was intentional camp just yeah. for the film itself. No, it, yeah, in, in service of this greater kind of idea of let's 
tear this type of society down and kind of, you know, show it for what it is. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I love the Paul Verhoeven sci-fi you know, movies. It, it, it's sad to say it, though, but ten years after that movie and that whole, like, nationalistic pride is still going strong. So apparently that movie didn't reach the audience in the way it was supposed to. But um, when does so it? good sci-fi, great sci-fi, great sci-fi, great sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, um, great sci-fi. So with this movie, to be. I have loved this movie since it came out. Granted, I was young when it came out. I I was seven years old. Um, I always thought this movie was fantastic. Um, in terms of sci-fi, it hits the nail on the head. You got spaceships. You got alien bugs, alien worlds. Like, it's everything I want it to be. But on the side note, the big side note, it is a complete commentary on humanity. It's a commentary on nationalism. You know, the pride, the war. What? It, it basically... It, it helps to, like, analyze why are we going to war. Okay, an asteroid was shot at us, but in the movie, but why did we go and you know fuck up and what do they call it glassing multiple planets or whatever they call it nuking they use the term nuke a lot, just nuking planets what happened pearl harbor it, it's 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 almost like a parallel look Pearl Harbor was attacked. we dropped two atomic bombs on Japan at the end of that war. What happens with this is you know they send an asteroid. Buenos Aires was destroyed. And Specifically, just Buenos Aires was destroyed. And then we just destroy their entire race, basically. And you even know? before that, it's the question is asked. We never had any problems with the bugs throwing meteors at us until we expanded into their solar system. Yeah. So, um, like, that was legitimately questioned of, and it's a poke at imperialism. No. That's it's actually my, my favorite part of this is just the, the commentary on humanity yeah. and nationalism that they, they really focus on. That's a big thing for me. But this is a sci-fi podcast, so i got to focus on the sci-fi. And I will say that this is fucking amazing sci-fi. I love it. It's, it's exactly what I want out of sci-fi. Yeah, I like your Prometheus, and I like your Star Wars and Star Treks, but this, this just kind of hits the nail on the head, you know what I mean? Uh, Mark, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi, buddy. Uh, fantastic sci-fi. I think it's uh, gets better and better. I mean, I don't want to say it was like underneath the whole time, but it kind of was. Like they made it, they made it such a constant in the movie that it almost like faded into the background, and you forgot it was there a lot of the time, especially when they were in when they were in training. A lot of that stuff. Uh, I mean, besides it being in the future, and there were, like, casually men and women fighting side by side, which was a cool thing that they didn't really talk about. Uh, besides that, like, there wasn't really any futureness to that school. Well, I guess I guess that's not true. Futurosity. They, futurosity. <laughs> future football. Uh, <laughs> Futurism. <laughs> Score the touchdown, talk to the baby of your dreams. <laughs> Come on. That's um, what you want to do, right? Generic sci-fi. Welcome to future high. What more do you generic want? Generic sci-fi. Uh, he's your... your uh, I, um, I, I thought I had something, it just didn't, didn't come to me. <laughs> 
So you were talking until it came out, but it didn't come out. Mm-hmm. So you stopped talking. So good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Oh, no, I, I meant uh, specifically, uh, I was going to make a joke about Knock Off Rob Lowe. Oh, okay. Uh, I wasn't just <laughs> rambling the whole time for nothing. No, no, I'm Rob Lowe. <laughs> if it's not a joke about big teeth, Chateau then it's Rob not Lowe. worth it. <laughs> um, Rob Teeth Lowe. Fucking shoehorn It didn't come to me. Um, no, I mean, there, there was some, like, cool future stuff at the school. But uh, for the most part, that was just like character building and, and junk. Uh, it just like the the world they were in was very very casually futuristic. Cyrano. And then go bug mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then just blam! All of a sudden they're in space and everything's like on these cool future <clears throat> like they're like realistically future spaceships. And it it was very it was a very gritty sci-fi too, which I liked. It wasn't for how much of a, a glorious future war movie this was. Everything was very, like, dark, kind of. Well, yeah, that, I'm glad you said that because that was one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about. And obviously, we probably would have expanded on a little bit more if we had the time. But that's the thing about Paul Verhoeven movies, you know, specifically that, that always strike me. And I think Starship Troopers even more so because of just the crazy tonal shifts. Like, the movie's violent. Like, it's violent. Like, it's ultra-violent. Yeah. Like, when, when you know, there's some of the scenes, like, I think when they show, um, you know, just, like, the, the aftermath of, like, the, uh, you know, the, the base that they go to about three-quarters yeah. of the way through the movie or whatever, they show, oh, no, it was the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Space Mormons. Yeah, Space Mormons. And they show, like, the, uh, they show, like, the newsreel footage, and it's just, like, super gory, but, like, realistic gore. And, like, that was always the thing Paul Verhoeven never shied away from. It's just, like, it. all his movies are super, super violent. And the way all the violence was done was very practical. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, this is pre-CGI. So it's all, like, you know, they built models and they're shooting blood everywhere and ripping arms off and everything else. And that was one of the things that, like, when I was a kid, it really bothered me mm-hmm. because of how violent it was. And, and the tone, like... It shifts so strangely. Like you've got this, like you know, oh yeah, you know, the coming of age, like teenage, you know, movie, and then they're like ripping arms off, and you got bugs, like you know, sticking their uh, needle things through like heads, and you know, it's just so violent. It's yeah. like you don't know whether to laugh or just to be horrified, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt too. It kind of plays in that grittiness that you're commenting on. It's yeah. just like very tonally all over the place, but I mean, I guess it works. You know, it's yeah. just it's weird. And I can kind of jump right onto that as far as I think this is great sci-fi. And I think part of the reason why I think this is such a good sci-fi movie is that it, no matter how 90s it can feel at times, it's timeless. This is a movie that I remember as a, like, a younger person thinking it was an awesome action movie. And then when I went back to rewatch this, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I expected it to be campy, action again. movie, junky. <laughs> Watched it, realized how good it was, and then a cut like a year or so later, I went back to rewatch it, expecting it to be you know campy action movie, but you know has some substance to it, and it was much better than I thought, and like it just continuously. Every time I watch this, I always come in expecting it to be worse than it actually is. 
because it's fairly timeless. <laughs> but and it's you, not worse than it ever is. No, and that's it. It's it only gets better you, every time you watch it. Every time you watch it, this movie it like reminds you of how phenomenal sci-fi can be. Mm-hmm. And it just it has this campy feel to it that just draws you in and has you remember it in like a, oh, this was corny kind of a way. But it's not. It's so timeless. Mm-hmm. Death from above. So is, is that is that good sci-fi or bad? Oh, sci-fi? that is great sci-fi. Yeah, we don't often give great sci-fi. Or... Solidly amazing sci-fi. Only this is every, a movie time. That every time. No, normally it's just good sci-fi. We never really defined like the no. different descriptors though, so it's like good, great, magnanimous sci-fi. <laughs> magnanimous. <laughs> Fantabulous well, you know, sci-fi. Funny, we've had some like. This is shit to your sci-fi. I can't believe anybody likes believe it or not. Horizon. Well, before, well, I mean, we'll keep going to be with fair, it was made in the butthole of cinema. Wait, what was, uh, what was the, the 10 Cloverfield Lane? Phenomenal movie. It was like the first one to ever get like mediocre sci-fi. I think that was the one I Because gave. it was yeah. mediocre sci-fi. It it's, wasn't yeah. quite as strong it as a sci-fi. It's as, a fine movie, but as a sci-fi movie, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, you get it's, this man well, like borderline. Right. We, we can't we can't go too far into that. That's another podcast yeah, for we're time. Really long yes, yes, yes. recording. Time. All right, Eric. Like five Eric. minutes left. All right, I, I think this was awesome sci-fi, and the reason that I think it was really good sci-fi because one of the one of the main routes for uh, uh, playing out a sci-fi plot is to contrast really heavy ideas, really heavy themes with comedy. And for as much as we call this movie campy, other sci-fi movies do campy comedy. They use cute robots and, and incest jokes and things like that. <laughs> this this movie doesn't really make a lot of jokes. It just so brazenly approaches things like like the we're looking at the military and Clearly, people of minorities tend to be overrepresented in the military because they're attracted to the, you know, to the ability to have social mobility through the military. Johnny Rico. That's funny that they just go right at it and they throw this guy, Johnny Rico, as, like, that's like, like, literally just throwing a, uh, a racial group into that as his last name. And that's funny. And that's funny in a way that is very bold and not at all campy at the same time as it's campy. And I think that's wonderful sci-fi because it really lightens the horror and the, the, the themes of the movie that weigh really heavily on your mind. And, and that's why I love this movie. So would you say uh, wonderful and or awesome sci-fi is great sci-fi? Where does it fit on the spectrum that we're trying great, to Great sci-fi is you've got great, you've got good sci-fi, neutral, you've got bad, you've got the worst. And then awesome slash wonderful sci-fi. Where does that fit in? This, awesome is a, is a footnote on great sci-fi. This movie it's is as sub-sci. good as it is Busey. Um, if that gives you any clue. I give it three teeth up. Siskel and Busey. Three three teeth. Three teeth. <laughs> Two Buseys oh. in. Oh. Busey's at it. Well, the Busey's. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think we've abused that joke enough. Oh, we've, uh, we've, we've, oh, we've abused, oh, we've abused that joke enough. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. This has been... Uh,
Starship Troopers in all its splendor. All of us here. Cheers.